a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. As always, thank you for listening to this and other podcasts. So today we're going to talk a little bit, uh, we've talked a lot about anxiety, and we're going to talk a little bit more about anxiety today. You know, anxiety is kind of the uh, common denominator for uh, a lot of different things. Uh, depression, for example, oftentimes is the uh, not the initial diagnosis. It uh, is kind of a byproduct, if you will of uh, anxiety that's not uh, not uh, addressed in, in the best healthy way. Uh, OCD and some uh, post-traumatic stress uh, definitely have anxiety involved with them. And so I thought we would talk about anxiety today for a few minutes. And uh, one of the things that comes to mind when we talk about anxiety is, you know, there's different types of anxiety. One, one type of anxiety is called uh, anticipatory stress. So anticipatory stress is, uh, as it sounds, it's anticipating something. You know, we don't like the unknown. We uh, really struggle. Some people like the unknown. They like the adventure, right? But those of us that deal with anxiety often struggle with the the anticipation of something, the anticipation of how the week's going to go, the anticipation of a, a meeting, or the anticipation of, uh, you know, just about anything. And, and what happens is uh, we need, with anxiety, we need something predictable. We need something that we can count on. And uh, there's, a, there's an area of coping for anticipatory stress that not many people think about. And that's this area that we call habits. And uh, habits, uh, another word for habits is actually rituals. Um, habits or rituals are uh, things that uh, your brain, when it enters that place of anticipatory stress, it can also anticipate a more controlled, predictable outcome. Uh, prior to having habits as a coping mechanism or rituals, the anticipatory stress predicts uh, that uh, the outcome could be just about anything. If anything, it predicts that there will be a negative outcome. So what we do is we take advantage of the anticipatory stress or anxiety, and we lay out their habits. What that does is it allows uh, that anxiety to be challenged by ourselves and say, you know what, uh, based upon this habit, and we'll talk about habits more specifically, but we can predict that no matter what happens, uh, this uh, this ride on a roller coaster or whatever, uh, when I put this habit into place or this ritual, it's going to manage or make that outcome, that experience a little bit more predictable and a little bit more tolerable. So the idea is we're taking advantage of thinking ahead. Uh, we're actually thinking ahead versus worrying ahead. So worrying ahead, another name for worrying ahead is uh, worrisome fantasies. And the idea is worrisome fantasies are anticipatory stress. What it does is it puts us in a place where 
we experience the anxiety of that thing happening without it actually happening. So imagine a place that you need to go to. Maybe it's some type of testing with a doctor. Maybe it's a, a meeting with somebody. Uh, maybe it's a, a certain job task or might be going out on a date or what have you. And uh, let's think of some ideas of, of some things, some habits or rituals that you take with you. Uh, another word that comes to mind, actually, as you think about some of these places, this anticipatory stress, getting on a plane, that type of thing, that risk. Uh, another thing that comes to mind, uh, another word would be called grounding. So one way to ground, one habit, let's use this example of an airplane. So those of you that have some anticipatory stress about uh, being on an airplane, you can create this habit or this ritual that uh, is self-soothing. It's uh, grounding. And so you know by the time you get on the plane exactly what you're going to be doing regardless of what you anticipate. So you're going to anticipate uh, this uh, ritual. And the ritual that comes to mind is is the five senses ritual. And uh, this is a way of grounding with post-traumatic stress. It's a way of grounding with anxiety in general. And basically what you do is you know that when you get on that plane, you're going to walk through the five senses. And so the five senses, the way that we do that is when I sit down on the plane, I'm going to have a habit of looking and identifying five things I see. And then I'm going to look at four things I hear. And then I'm going to identify three things I feel. And then it gets obviously a little bit more difficult. Then I'm going to identify two things I smell. And on an airplane, right, there's a variety of smells. So you can go for four or five smells if you want to. Uh, some of those smells don't leave, and it usually has to do with a kid in a diaper, right? And then one thing that you can taste. And and when I talk to people about that, they they kind of look at me kind of funny. But uh, when you pay attention to it, uh, you start to notice that there's a certain taste in your mouth. So the idea is habits uh, in, are, are a way to kind of set an island or some, some solid ground in anticipation of an anxiety-provoking event. What it does is it actually gives you a sense or a feeling of influence. It gives you a sense or feeling of, of what to expect. And when you actually do that, it helps you see that uh, the future, the thing that you're anticipating, is not uh, entirely up to the universe. It's not entirely up to the airplane. It's not entirely up to your boss. Uh, you have influence. You can uh, you can influence and have some type of interaction that's more in line with what, what you want. So in this example of the airplane, you get on the airplane and uh, you sit down and you go through this ritual. That ritual is something that's familiar to you in an unfamiliar or a, a unsafe or unpredictable environment. So what it does is it kind of sets this your sense of homeostasis, a, pl- a home for you that uh, – you know, whether it's on a plane or traveling in a car, uh, you're bringing something that the environment can't provide, which is, in this example, the five senses ritual. So let's uh, take just a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the power and influence of habits when it comes to anticipatory stress and managing your anxiety. back to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. So in uh, today's episode, we've been talking about anxiety 
and uh, and anticipatory stress, and how we can kind of ground ourselves, uh, and how we can kind of uh, make a little bit of uh, uh, predictability about things, uh, so we feel a little bit more of a sense of control. You know, a lot of women uh, in that women come to mind uh, that I see in my office. They have kind of this reoccurring. Um, uh, anxiety uh, experience regarding like a mammogram and and uh, you know I tell you what uh, there's a lot of anxiety there because uh, there's a lot of unknowns and sometimes there's a week or so to re- to get a response as to if there's any problems that type of thing and so our anxiety can start to ramp up really early sometimes weeks or months before some type of medical procedure or uh, a review of your performance at work, uh, meeting an old friend, that type of thing. So one of the things that you can take with you is a habit, a ritual, or uh, some type of grounding um, uh, practice that allows you to have a little bit more influence, a little bit more of a feeling at home. You know, uh, I have a young lady I was working with a couple years ago and uh, she had really extreme uh, anxiety and, and post-traumatic stress. And uh, we worked on a habit with her. And uh, you know what? I can't recall what the habit was, what the uh, ritual was. But uh, at school, she had this uh, traumatic response and found herself out in the hallway and uh, – trying to manage this anxiety that came through anticipatory stress. So she went into this ritual, and and we called it grounding. And uh, the teacher comes out, or principal comes out, and and, uh, could see that she was obviously upset. And uh, she said, you know, you're okay, you know, that type of thing. And my client said to her, I'll be fine, I'm just grounding myself. And so uh, the teacher got down to eye level and and said to her, you know, I'm sure no matter what you did, um, you're not going to get grounded. It's going to be okay. And uh, that was kind of a weird experience for her, but it also made her laugh. And so the idea is that whatever we call it, um, people may not understand, and they don't need to understand. They don't need to know what that uh, ritual might be. Um, So other rituals that uh, you can put into place, uh, I I talked about before, would be one where you put your, your anxieties you know, you're anticipating uh, something that's going to go on after work. Well, that, that something that's going to go on after work, you uh, you put that on an object and leave it in the car. So the habit with that is that uh, you'll think about that once you get back to the object in the car. And in the meantime, while you're at work, you're focused on what's at work. And what these habits do, it's actually pretty cool because the habits help cure uh, and show you that you can manage the anxiety. Part of what perpetuates anxiety is the anticipation that in that situation you can't manage the anxiety. And so when you use some of these rituals, you are decreasing the anxiety because now you can anticipate that, in fact, you can manage the anxiety in a, in a very predictable way. Habits, you know, it, some of those, they don't have to be therapist-driven. They don't have to be driven from a, a psychology book. Uh, you might find, if you've been on a sports team or different things like that, uh, that there's been some habits, some rituals. Uh, I'm very ritualistic. I grew up playing a lot of sports and and uh, maybe more superstitious than anything. Maybe that's the better word for it. But the idea is there's certain routines that I went through um, that helped me feel like I can manage that anxiety. And uh, nobody really knew about those. The idea is, for here's a good example. Uh, one of the habits I had 
uh, playing volleyball was that uh, if I won a tournament, then the shorts I was wearing in that tournament I would wear until I lost the next tournament. And the idea was that was a habit that allowed me to take the previous tournament with me and reduce anxiety. As I anticipated the next tournament, uh, the shorts I wore in the previous tournament were uh, a ritualistic way of saying, hey, when you thought you were going to lose last time, you did just fine, as evidenced by the shorts that you're wearing. As a matter of fact, Michael Jordan did something similar. He wore his North Carolina jersey under his Chicago Bulls jersey as a reminder to himself that uh, when he walked on uh, to North Carolina, he was uh, he was able to make that team. He was uh, released. Actually, he was not put on. He was cut from both of the high school teams he attempted to be on. And so one of the things, the rituals he had to remind himself that he was a good player is he kept that North Carolina jersey, his shorts uh, specifically on, as a reminder in the game that he can overcome difficult things. So those are just a couple examples. They don't, again, they don't have to be specific habits that come out of a book. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes the rituals that you come up with are more specific to that anxiety, that anticipatory uh, stress that you might have. So, uh, you know, one thing to think of before we wrap up here is you want to be mindful that uh, these rituals are going to be really hard to formulate uh, in response to the anxiety. So this is a good time when the anxiety is not there. This is a good time for you to think about rituals that might help. That way you're not trying to think of habits or rituals that come into play or to come into play right in the middle of what's ha- uh, that experience that you anticipated would. So there's, those are just a few ideas. Give yourself uh, an opportunity to take a look at uh, if I'm going to anticipate or worry about the future, um, I might as well think about the future and what I can do to keep that environment uh, in a place where I have a sense of control. So anxiety, it, it shows up in a lot of places. It's uh, it's uh, predominant in terms of so many other experiences. And when you start to chip away at it and see that you can manage it in, in little places, then you start to work uh, towards managing it uh, in bigger events. And, and you find that uh, eventually that the extent to which the anxiety is intense or you know, the frequency of anticipatory stress tends to go down. So that's, uh, that's just a little bit of information on anxiety and coping through habits. So uh, please be sure to listen to my live uh, cast or live uh, Instagram uh, every Thursday at 8 p.m. We have a several different topics. That's Mountain Standard Time. And uh, please feel free to uh, contact me at help at getting back to life with questions or comments. And you can find me online at gettingback2life.com. 